and welcome to the Avon Canton Chamber of Commerce Valley Vibes podcast, where we bring you entertaining conversations that enrich, educate, and inform about life in the Farmington Valley and beyond. Today, we're talking about home buying, and we're joined with uh, my co-host, Adam Horelic from Norcom Mortgage, and Lori McGowan from Coldwell Banker Realty. I'm Lisa Bowman, and I'm the Executive Director of the Avon Canton Chamber of Commerce. Welcome. Thank How's you, it going? Lisa. So this will be exciting information to share with our new, let's say, I don't say new buyers, but home buying just in general, you know, Lori, you have a lot of experience in real estate, obviously. How about you give us just a little bit about yourself and, you know, your experience, what you're seeing, and then we could give, you know, everyone some tips and process information and how to really get around buying a home or selling a home in this current sort of semi-crazy market we're experiencing. Sounds good. In my 30 years in real estate, we've never seen anything like this current housing market. Currently, housing costs and higher interest rates in all price ranges are pricing renters and potential homeowners out of the market who a short while ago could afford to buy a house. In the short term, the property market is expected to continue its upward trend. However, if high inflation continues to push interest rates up, that will slow the housing market down by the end of the year and into 2023. Yeah, I think you hit on a, you know, a lot of sort of pain points that mm-hmm. people are currently experiencing, whether you're a buyer looking and you realize, I mean, I have clients, they've been, some have been looking for over a year. And when they began the process last summer, you know, rates, we know where rates were. They were, you know, in the high twos, threes, and now we're, you know, well north of that. And unless they have that income there, you know, what happens? Their purchase power just starts to drop and drop. Meanwhile, we have homes appreciating at record, you know, record speed. So now the house they wanted is no longer attainable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I did understand from an article I read yesterday that the 30-year fixed mortgage rate did go down a bit the last couple of weeks. Did you find that or? So it did. You know, when people think rates are going down or up and many times, especially in the current moment, because if if we compare them historically or even in the last year, yes, it was a big jump between last summer and this summer. But in the moment when they move an eighth of a point, Many times people hear, oh, my God, rates are going up. They slightly went up, right? right? And how does that really correspond to the dollar amount? That's what's important. You're not paying an interest rate. You're paying a monthly payment. So for some people, that change in rate might be $8 a month. Meanwhile, they're freaking out because, oh, my God, rates went up. You know, obviously, the larger home and the more you're spending, you know, that difference is slightly more. But because it's more, you know, you can afford more. So, it, you know, there is a, you know, a different correlation there to rate and monthly payment. And that's why with me, sure, we could talk about rates, but that's not where the conversation should be with any client. You should be talking about what can you afford to pay on a monthly basis. Exactly. You know, which leads to the whole process, right? Like, let's give people some information about how do we move forward with I want to buy. Let's start with buying. Then we could talk about selling and give them some details about that. But, you know, since you're the realtor and usually they are calling you first to say, hey, I want to buy a house. Yes. Where do they go from there? 
their first step must be, absolutely must be, to go and get pre-approved by a lender. Uh, until that happens, the seasoned realtor will not take them out. It just, you know, we can't do it because we don't want them being disappointed. Um, so first step always is pre-approved by a lender. Yeah, it's nice that you mentioned that because I have, you know, same thing, clients that show up that are like, oh, we saw homes. I'm like, how did you see homes when you have no idea what you can afford? Exactly. You have no idea. You're looking and then either I'm the bearer of bad news you know, because they set themselves up on a specific house that they saw on HGTV and this is what they want and this is what they want to buy. And then they walk in and they love it. Mm-hmm. And then we talk and they're like, uh, sure, that's great. We just have to scale down a bit. Or you may not qualify at all. And now everyone's upset. Realtor wasted their time. Buyer wasted their time. You know, so like you said, I think it's super important. They take care of the finances, the money that you need right, to buy the house right. yeah. first. So, and let's say they're pre-approved, they're ready to go, you know, the lender contacted you, let you know, here's what their details are, got you the letters, everything, what goes on next? Next, we get them in the car to look for a home that, that, you know, and um, they have to pick towns. I had uh, buyers years ago that wanted to look in something like 20 plus towns. And I said, no, we can't do that. We got to narrow it down if we're going to work together. And they did get the towns down. And shortly thereafter, we were able to find a home. But in the beginning, they were adding towns. uh, um, So knowing what towns you want to be in, understanding that the taxes are going to affect your purchase power is important because that could eliminate some towns for for some of the buyers because that's a a powerful piece in the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that's always good information for the realtor to have. It's not just, this is what they're qualified to buy. Right. But we came up with this qualification based on these parameters. Exactly. And this is where taxes have to max out at. If they're higher, we may have to look at a lower purchase price because the taxes are higher to stay within their various sort of parameters, ratios. So, And if they're condo buyers, you've got to consider what the HOA fee is in the condo complex because they have gone very, very high as well. I'm curious at this stage uh, that you're talking to clients, uh, both of you, is that do you also discuss carrying costs of homes? Because that plays in financially, whether you can afford the home, as well as taxes, HOA fees. Well, I would say particularly now with electric fees so high and heating fees so high and car gas so high. Yeah, we've got to remind them about the expenses as well. And I do try when I'm showing homes. A lot of agents don't do it, but I try to get what does a year's worth of oil look like? How many gallons? What does a year's worth of electric by month look like? Understanding that each um, owner is going to operate differently. The water fee, if you've got public water, sewer fees are pretty high these days right. as well, you know. So. Everything has that keyword of high. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's high. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. I, depending on the type of buyer, some of them are, you know, th- this is their third or fourth home. They've owned homes, they know their budgets, they know what they're spending. Mm-hmm. But especially with first time buyers, or let's say someone that bought a home once and they're buying their second home many years later, they don't think about it because we qualify on gross income. What do you bring home? Net income. After all your deductions, your take home is very different than what we're qualifying on. 
Sure, the ratios keep you within those parameters, but I spend a lot of time you know, discussing just straight, like budgeting 101 so that you understand, oh, your monthly payment is 1500 Let's add, like you said, Laurie, cable. You like cable. You want internet. You want this. Let Add all that up so that you're comfortable when you're at that closing table and get the keys and you're like, oh yeah, well, I know everything. I know what it's going to cost me you know, pretty close monthly and I'm not going to be blowing my home budget because I also like to travel or whatever those factors are. So I do spend a lot of time consulting more on the finances than like, here's your loan and go buy a house. Right. Right. And we also don't want them having to eat SpaghettiOs every night right. because they've purchased too high. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was like back living in a dorm room and you're eating ramen and hot dogs. Exactly. Now you're buying a house. You shouldn't be on the same sort of diet because you are now house rich and that's about it. <laughs> and there's so, no furniture in the house right. because you couldn't afford the furniture either. So. <laughs> so, but yeah, so like they get out there. Do you find that it's difficult with access to all the, you know, your realtor.coms and the other sort of websites for housing where clients are calling you, I want to go see this house. You have different information within MLS. So you know whether a home is currently active or already under contract and people show up and they're like, oh, well, we can't see any of these houses that you want to go see. Like, does it hurt on your end or does it help, you know, show more homes and... Yeah, how's that factor? Well, we have some realtors that feel I'll show three houses, and if I haven't sold it, you know. Um, but sometimes we're showing numerous, numerous houses. One thing a lot of times, I'm going to use Tallinn County as one example with the crumbling foundations particularly. A lot of times the agent hasn't put that situation in the remarks, so they want to see that particular house. When I get down to my agent comments, that can affect right. them a lot. So, you know... It's become necessary to be very knowledgeable about crumbling foundations in our our area. For sure, for sure, and that's that's something that many people don't don't think about. You know, we've heard about it, and then they got quiet. You know, yeah, and it yeah. does come up. There's the special yeah. disclosures I know that are supposed to be out there right, regarding right, right. the crumbling foundations. And so, but now with types of buyers, you work with. All sorts of buyers, first time return, relocating. How does that, you know, vary depending on you know what type of buyer you're dealing with? Well, you just have to give them a hundred percent at all times, and just my main thing is making sure they have the knowledge. You know, knowing everything I can come up with. Sellers disclosures. Here's sellers disclosures to review, and um, you know this is. A happy time, they're buying a house, but it can also be very, very stressful. So um, it just depends on what their needs are. We do find we haven't had them in the car since COVID hit. For the most part, they're meeting us there or they're following us right. because it was kind of they, we didn't, they didn't want them in our car with us. And so you don't have that time to sit and talk about things as you're right. going or get to, if you don't know them, getting to know them a little better. You know, the car time used to be good bonding time, but now it's, Yeah, you know, I mean, you definitely learn a lot more than just, here's what I want to see. And, right, 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 you know, right, what right, else? Right. Are, yeah, that yeah. way it helps you do a you know more thorough search for exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. And when we're allowed 15 to 30 minutes to show a house, it's kind of hard right. to get everything in in that. 
Yeah. Short and I'm duration. sure the current market isn't helping when you're on the way to a house and yeah. you find out that it's already under, under contract, contract. Exactly. and you were expecting to see X number of homes and that gets cut down because they're already exactly. pretty much off the market. Yeah. So. And I find it challenging for a buyer to have to decide on a house in 30 minutes. Right. And, and that's kind of how it's been. Yeah. There's no like, let's go see the home again a week later because that home doesn't exist. You know, yeah. you, you see yeah. it once, you make an offer and you're blindly right. you know, buying, which leads to the whole inspection. Have you noticed? I see contracts all the time. The number of times inspections are not, or they're you know pretty much not included, you know, so the buyers are not doing inspections and anymore. And that's very, very dangerous price-wise, yeah. you know, and we are seeing a lot of that because of these multiple offers and, you know, um, you've got to encourage them to do an inspection and they're not going to do it if they want the house badly. So as a realtor, we do need them to sign off. If they don't do the inspection, we need to have them write saying, I've chosen not to do it and sign everything so that we don't end up. They're saying, well, you never told me to do an right. inspection. So the inspections are so important and so many are not doing them. And that includes sometimes well and septic, which I would think would affect the loan aspect of it. But apparently in this market, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it depends with the whole well septic. A lot of that varies on the programs. Certain programs require it, others don't. But going back to the inspection piece, I'm just shocked that someone would be putting so much money into a home. The you largest know, their, purchase of their lives, right. yeah. And they're like, well, we won't have an inspection. Even if you're doing the inspection for, you know, sort of informational purposes, mm -hmm. you know, you should, I would think realtors should push them to just do it. You know, we're not going to nickel and dime the seller over there's a window that doesn't close, but at least, you know, the mechanicals and everything about the home are solid as opposed to, okay, we close, you move in and you find out right. you know, your furnace doesn't really work or it worked while I was there for those 15 minutes to see the home <laughs> and now it's not working and you have a $15,000 expense you have to deal with. So I think that's a definitely a big mistake. Everyone's trying to do you know, these contracts that come in with the craziest offers to get accepted. And I'm, I'm like, wow, you know, realtors have gotten pretty creative with you know, making offers. Yeah. And of course, I mean, everyone wants to get their client into a home. I talked to so many listing agents that I didn't have to do in the past. There was really, you know, I communicate on the process, but now it's follow-up. Like you received an offer from so-and-so. I'm working on their loan. They're solid. Give them that additional information, hoping that it pushes them slightly you know, ahead of the other offers mm -hmm. just yeah. to know that, hey, you spoke with a lender that actually reached out, cares, and wants to, you know, get their client in there. But switching routes a little, sales side, knowing all realtors want those listings right now. They don't want buyers. Buyers are, you know, difficult to, you know, get into a house. No, Listings are king. You know, you get a Listings listing. Rule. Absolutely. So what yeah. kind of tips do you have for people looking to sell or interested in listing their home right now? that they should, you know, sort of consider in this current market? Well, I think that, you know, some, I think some sellers need to require a bit more from the agents. One of the things that bothers me a lot is when I look at the photos, a lot of the photos aren't that good. They might be very small, they might be blurry, um, you know, so 
the poor quality of photos. If I were a seller and my photos didn't look good, I would definitely say, okay, we're going to revisit this. Please get a professional photographer. And a lot of sellers just kind of let it go. Not that that's not selling the house, but it doesn't help put the house in its best uh, appearance. And then a lot of times we see where they don't have room sizes or what's in the room, what kind of flooring is in the room, you know, that type of thing. That's missing a lot of time. So there's shortcuts that I don't feel should be taken. Um, But sometimes the seller just kind of lets it go. And I don't know if it's because everything's so busy. Right. I wonder, it's yeah, because it's so easy to sell right now. Could be. And everyone's cutting, like, let's just list it, get it out there. Because Mm -hmm. by the time I put all this work into doing the the details mm-hmm. where in the past it was important because yeah. you know the market was more balanced you had buyers you had sellers and you know you had seller credits you had stuff that doesn't exist right now right 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 yeah. purchases under asking price like that doesn't doesn't exist and the homes just fly off the shelves yeah so and mostly what we're seeing I think the sale price can range anywhere now some are selling at list price or below list price. But many, many are selling between $25,000 to $100,000 over list price. There was one re- recently on the shoreline, $203,000 over list price. Yeah. So it's it's a little shocking. I do think it's going to affect our taxes when the towns do their reassessments because the house values have gone up. Right. So Yeah, house values have gone up. The over asking price amounts, even though we are starting to see that slightly come down. I did have a first offer come in under ask with a seller credit. It was like a unicorn. We have not seen one of these in almost three years. So, you know, it is definitely a market that, like you said earlier, no one's experienced, you know, and it's not just Connecticut, it's everywhere. You know, I do get, I'm sure you get the question too, or have clients that are like, all right, maybe we should just stop looking for now and revisit the home process at a later date. And my question is always like, well, what are you going to do? Well, they'll continue renting. Rents sky high. Sky high. Right. And they keep going up. So that area is not slowing down. Yeah. And there's a shortage of rentals as well. So even when you've got a high rent, um, the, sh- the shortage of folks getting rents right. is of concern. Exactly. And then I say, well, if you stop looking, you've been looking for whatever period, two months, three months, six months, a year, and you can't find anything. But then the one guarantee is if you stop looking, you definitely won't find anything. And right, right. sure, the environment, the financial environment does cause some people that, ha- you know, they don't have an option right now. You know, they have income that's, you know, income's not going up as quickly as the cost of homes. But at the same time, they want that house, could look at a, you know, cheaper purchase price, maybe not get what they want. So they're like, all right, we'll stop. And I'm like, well, since you won't find anything if you stop, you can either keep looking and just hope that something else pops up. The market may change. You know, there is going to be some sort of shift. We don't know what it is. You know, at at some point, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, the prices start at least stabilizing. Just stop going up. Right. Remove the over asks, (laughs) you know, and let's just get back to that part of the market being normal. 
you know, interest rates are going to do their thing. I mean, it's cyclical. So they're at some point we can't stay at 2% forever, right? They're going to go up. And one thing I tell people is you buy now. You don't know if they're going to go up. They probably will, but we're not sure. At some point, you're not locked into that interest rate. You can refinance. And when you refinance, exactly. yeah. you know, you'll get the lower rate at some point, but at least you finally got the house you wanted. So, And many young folks don't recall or don't have no knowledge that back years ago when we were buying houses, we might have been at 13 or 15 percent. So even though this feels high right. compared to what some of us have been used to over the years, these interest rates are still quite attractive. Yeah. So question for both of you is that what mistakes do you find that people make in selling their house, uh, in buying a house, in getting a mortgage that you just cringe at, it, that you look at and you go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that I'm watching this car wreck happen. <laughs> Again, I think for me, for selling, I think the the main, main thing is the, um, you know, the as is concept of it. And is there a recourse, Lori, for um, people that skip the uh, inspections um, and then find that there is a major problem? Because there's also in this state disclosure sheets that the that the seller has to provide that supposedly tells you if there is an issue in the house. A lot tells you very little. A lot of them are not filled out well. I don't think even on the disclosures, stuff like your oh. mechanicals. It well, works, so they don't yeah, disclose anything. Yeah, but they won't anything. put the age of the heating system or right. the central air or, you know, a lot of things are just left off that should be filled out. I mean, if you know your house well, you should know how old your heating system is and your hot water heater and that type of thing. Right. I think what I've seen, at least on some of the disclosures, it's for something like the heating system, it may say a year or nearing end of life, but you don't know if it's going to, you know, it may continue working for another 10 years. So they're like, it works. It's right. old. We're right. telling you it's old. We're not giving you anything for the heating system. But a system. lot of times all they uh, do is check heating right. system oil or whatever, right. gas, you know, that type of thing. Uh, buyers asked about a house yesterday and I read through and roof's 29 years. So I kind of sent back, okay, so Roof at 29 years is probably getting to the end of its life if it's right. not already there. And so you just kind of point those type of things out to them. I think you spend more time now pointing things out and just letting them be aware. That's all of, you can here's do. Here's what it is. That's and all you can do, yeah. You know, I think on, on my end with the lending side, there are so many programs out there and there's a lot of misinformation. And for me, it's like, you know, it's easy. You see stuff online, on social media, on TV, and then they come talk to you. And many clients think like, well, I already found the program and this is what I want. And why can't, and then you get into the details of, well, there's a lot of programs. I, I don't, couldn't tell you how many, 40 different mortgage programs we can use. And every one of them has specific criteria. And although you think, well, this is great and I want it, well, guess what? You can't have it. Your income's too high or your income's too low or your credit. So it's the, you know, I'd say just a lot of that misinformation. I say it's all misinformation, but in a way it is. And they're already set up for what they want. 
before getting the process started. So then you're like, well, and this is why we can't go this route, you know, and here are your options. And let me go over all your options. You know, some people have one, like you have one program that'll work for you. Others have 10. And then it's a matter of explaining why one is better than the other and the pros and cons to which way they want to go to finance that home. You know, also not like a realtor just opens and closes doors to homes. You know, I don't just hand out money, you know, wish it was that easy, but there's a, there's a process to it. And, yeah. you know, we're there to help them figure out what the best way to, you know, finance that home is. Yeah. So let's circle back is that we've talked about sellers and there are certain things that, that you should do as a seller to make your house more competitive. Maybe those things don't exist in this market right now. But if we were talking in general terms, what should a seller do to prepare the, um, their house to make it the best so that they can receive the best offer? I think decluttering is very important. A lot of us have a lot of stuff that needs to go. Fresh paint in rooms is uh, the, one of the least expensive ways to really make your house more appealing. Get some of those red dining room walls out of there and, you know, kind of get more neutral with the colors. Um, first appearance when you walk up to the house, you know, is the front door freshly painted? Is the vegetation looking attractive? So, um, and most realtors will either bring a stager in if it's needed. If we bring the stager in a lot of times, what that does is it takes the pressure off us telling them everything that's wrong with the house. So <laughs> stagers are our best friends too. Um, but just some sellers are just going to leave it like it is, right. you know, so. And getting the smells out. Mm-hmm. And I have no fine. sense of smell, which makes it harder. Wow. So every time I meet somebody, I've got to say, I have no sense of smell. So if you smell anything, can you share? Right. We're down in the basement. Well, this basement is very musty. So just we try to get them to do as much as they can. And most as exhausting as it is, when they see how much more they get for their house, they're definitely glad they did it. Right. Yeah. And let's circle back then to the other side, to the buyers. We talked about pre-qualification what does a buyer need to do to be pre-qualified? What should they be doing to get the best pre-qualification? All right. So first part, talk to a lender. They will provide you with, you know, really, obviously the application, fill out an application, provide basic documents. So you're going to need your pay stubs. We need to know how much money you're making. You may need your W-2s or bank statements, you know, depending on how detailed the lender is getting with that pre-qualification. Some of them do it really quick, especially the sort of online pre-qualifications that come out where you're just submitting information, a computer spits out a letter, nothing's been verified. I'm sure realtors love when nothing's been verified and they're making offers because they have a pre-qualification letter for 300,000, offer goes in and then They go talk to the lender in person or actually a voice and they find out, hey, here's all the documents. Yeah, you don't qualify for 300 because it was all based on just what they stated, you know, the client stated as their financials. So, you know, I think it's important that you get a, you know, just have a a little more of a deep dive with your lender to talk about what your financial picture looks like. Credit score, you know. Giving someone a pre-qualification without pulling their credit, sort of, diff- you know, yeah. they do it, but 
at that point, you don't know what they qualify for. What other information is missing out of that full you know, financial picture? Do they have a ton of debt that we're not seeing? Do, did they have a bankruptcy? I had a client that said, everything's great. No problem. Their credit wasn't even that bad when I pulled it. And I'm going through the report. Like, they had a bankruptcy. And we discussed that. I go, oh, I forgot. How do you, you don't forget you had a bankruptcy. So, you know, that information will surface. So, you know, it's like, have that honest conversation with your lender, discuss all your options, and then let them guide you through the process and say, here's where we are. This is what your monthly payments, find out what the monthly payment is on that hypothetical purchase. Don't, you know, I say, don't be too focused on what that rate is. Be focused on what you're paying out of pocket for that home. And then you can, you know, figure out, does it fit your budget? If you're not sure, ask them, is it going to fit your budget? You know, there's ways we can talk about this information because there's, you know, hundreds of lenders out there and everyone does it differently. In the end, they'll get you to the same point. They'll get you a pre-qualification ready to purchase and then hopefully close the loan for you when you finally find that house. But, you know, it's that pre-work before you get qualified that's super important as well. So tough question as we're getting to the end of our show, but I thought that I'd throw it out and you can go, I don't know. But once you put your Swami hats on and in six, eight months, what do you think you might be seeing as a trend going forward? And we did touch upon it a little bit um, as far as mortgages and rates and and housing. But uh, what do you think that you see maybe as a trend going forward? I think we're going to see inventory improve, which is important because then we'll get folks back out again. Many have gone in a holding pattern. The truth is there's a lot of cash out there, though. A lot of Americans are very wealthy right now, and there's a lot of cash. So cash still seems to rule in a lot of instances. You know, uh, it's not the be-all, end-all. But um, I think with more housing and things settle down, the pricing between interest rates and house prices, something's got to settle. And I guess the housing prices are what's going to be affected. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're, like Laurie said, the inventory is going to go up, which is going to slow these skyrocketing valuations. Those are going to settle. I don't see rates dropping. They're going... I mean, I don't know. I wish I could predict that, you know, but I don't see them dropping. I think they're just going to finally level off because right now they've been going up, then they go down a bit. You know, we talk about this whole seesaw thing going on. I think they're going to, you know, stabilize for a little bit, but with the home prices slowing, at least buyers will have the, you know, it's going to turn into, let's say a slightly more, right now it's a full seller market, more of a buyer focused market because we will have that inventory and people can actually go see a house make an offer not worry about paying you know crazy over ask prices you know and then have a better idea with rates stable as opposed to being like well this month i can afford this and next month i can afford that because there's so much just fluctuation in everything yep so but if only we could predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> so to close out, um, tell us how we can contact each of you. Lori? Uh, Lori McGowan, Coldwell Banker Realty, 860-916-6151. 
916-615-6151. And do you have a website or an email that people can use? My new website is ctrealtorlaurimcgowan.com. And we're getting that up and running this week. Excellent. Adam? And Adam Herelic at Norcom Mortgage. Simple website, adamshomeloan.com. Or you, know, you could pick up the phone, 860-470-6444. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening today. You've been listening to the Avon Canton Chamber of Commerce Valley Vibes podcast, where we've been talking about home buying with Adam Perelic from Norcom Mortgage and Lori McGowan from Coldwell Banker Realty. We hope that you join us next time. 